0: This is the Unregulated Podcast by City AM. I'm Emma Hazlitt. This week, how to stay inspired.
1: I think it's possible to set up the conditions and live one's life in a way which is increasing our chances of finding inspiration more often. But it's not as simple as just saying, I'm going to go out and find this inspiring today. He said it's just very humbling to see a guy of Nelson Mandela's stature having such generosity and humility of spirit and go out and pick out these people who were probably the most humble and lowest, you know, in terms of importance, apparently, in the whole sort of scene, but he paid them the attention, and he he said, for him, very inspiring.
0: Hello, this is the Unregulated Podcast, where we hear entrepreneurial stories and talk about how to get ahead in your career. This week, we were back at the pod at White City Place to talk about... Inspiration. How to get inspired, how to stay inspired and how to rally the troops. Joining us to explain everything was Andy Bird, the author of The Inspired Leader.
1: There's something about inspiration which is difficult to describe, but it's a sort of surge in our life force, isn't it? It's a sort of sense of possibility.
0: As always, big love to the team at Huckle Tree, the digital lifestyle co-working space for providing the studio... So, welcome to the podcast, Andy. Thank you. Um, let's start by, you know, tell us in one line what the book is about.
1: The book the is book. about um, how leaders discover and experience inspiration. That's what okay. it's about.
0: And what is your background to write that book?
1: So, personally, um, Just I had really about... a very inspiring person. <laughs> Not at all. I wish. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I basically had about 15 years of work with Unilever in marketing, to a load of uh, stuff with brands and so on in that uh, phase of my career. I then set up my own business called uh, Brand Learning with a partner called Mari, and um, we dedicated our time in the business to basically trying to build capabilities in businesses and companies, but also in individuals, to mm-hmm. help them get better at marketing. Okay. And as I've got older, and I've got uh, more experience, the people I work with have uh, got more experience, I've got increasingly involved in leadership, and so I'm now a leadership coach, and I'm just really fascinated by Uh, people's spirit and the importance of it in giving people, you know, happy lives, motivation to do what they do. And I don't think there's enough of it about, and that's why I wrote the book, to try and find out what we can do to discover it a bit more, uh, you know, accessibly than perhaps we think we can.
0: So the thing I am really interested in is what happens when, at the moment of inspiration, what happens in our heads and our bodies? Because you kind of... You know, when you feel inspired, you get like a rush, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. So what is going on there?
1: So there is something quite physical that happens. Um, there hasn't been a huge amount of neuroscience work on inspiration specifically. So it's not. there's not a lot, a lot of um, evidence or data about this. But from what I've learned, um, it's definitely linked to a hormone called dopamine. Okay. So we all know what stress feels like. And stress tends to be related to a couple of hormones. One's adrenaline and then one is cortisol. They are triggered when we see threats in the environment or risks that we're sort of nervous about and so on, which um, put us on a high alert. They're good because they get us ready for action. And they typically sort of send us into fight or flight mode, you know, if we're seeing something that uh, we think is potentially dangerous to us
0: that's what happens to me when donald trump tweets
1: indeed every time bang out comes the adrenaline yeah, <laughs> <the surge>. absolutely <laughs> when we see stuff that's pleasurable or that we see as potentially rewarding us something that sort of lifts us um there's a different process going on our brain sort of sends out dopamine which helps us recognize that reward but also prepares us to actually go and do something about it to go and sort of um obtain that reward and dopamine is associated with feelings of excitement and joy and love um, and it also heightens our motivation levels so that's i think there's something there but that's that kind of surge one gets is through that hormone
0: i feel like after the moment of inspiration you kind of feel like you could take over the world yeah. you know whatever it, yeah if i hear a yeah. piece of music that i quite like i'll yeah. be like yeah i could definitely <laughs> play that yeah yeah absolutely
1: yeah that's right. There's, there's something about inspiration which is about a surge in our... It's difficult to describe, but it's a sort of surge in our life force, isn't it? It's a sort of sense of possibility, and any, as you say, anything becomes possible. We, we kind of appreciate life more and all it, all it can bring us. So it's a good thing to have.
0: So how can we be in that state all the time?
1: Well, one of the things I've found, it's, it's, it's a weird thing, inspiration. It's a little bit like happiness. It's one of those things that if you try and find it, actively consciously you're probably less and less likely to actually get it How, so, so you could ask well is it just something you can just wait for and it's just going to happen now and again by accident I also don't think that's true I think it's possible to set up the conditions and live one's life in a way which is increasing our chances of finding inspiration more often but it's not as simple as just saying, I'm going to go out and find this inspiring today so look there's this magical process going on. I quite like calling it alchemy because it is a sort of magical interaction that takes place between three critical elements the first of which is what I call triggers the things we experience in the outside world it could be people it could be events it could be uh, challenges we find at work or whatever they we find them inspiring but they're not inherently inspiring that's what's interesting so someone might w- walk past and y- you think they're inspiring and I don't uh, and that's fine it's because they are not necessarily inherently themselves inspiring. It's because you interpret them as being so. And that comes to the two other elements, one of which is the mindset we bring, the way we look at the world, the way we look at the triggers we see around us, and uh, whether we're looking at them in positive ways, if we're open to them. So that's a huge driver of our ability to get inspired as our mindset. But then thirdly, and probably the most fundamental one, is just what we care about inside deeply our motivations the things we believe in so if we see stuff that taps into that that's when it really clicks so if you find sort of people you find inspiring it's because you're looking at them learning from them and they're touching something in you that you think is really wonderful
0: um so i want to come back to the triggers because i i found these quite interesting could is there some way that we can create triggers or inspiration triggers or artificially, could I go out and be like right, I'm going to make myself inspired by taking the following steps
1: Yeah. so you see this is the thing I think when I said a moment ago that um, it's difficult to make yourself inspired, I think that's quite hard Um, because um, you can't say well I'm just going to sort of go and meet this person and find them inspiring that doesn't happen No. what you can do though if you think of all the people you know And think of the people that lift your spirits when you're with them. You can go and see them more often. And that's a way of beginning to manage our inspiration in a positive way. Putting ourselves into situations, meeting people um, that can uh, begin to lift our spirits more frequently. I'll tell you one one thing that I think we can do, which I think is an interesting one, is put ourselves into challenging situations. Okay. So um, challenge is a really important source of inspiration. When we see ourselves tested in some way, doing something we see is quite difficult, but within our capability, something that we think is important and valuable and something we might enjoy doing, we might find it tough when we're actually doing it, but ultimately that can be a very inspiring situation to be in.
0: Hi guys, it's Emma here. I'm interrupting this broadcast to tell you about Richard Branson's new autobiography, which has just been published in audiobook form by Penguin Random House. Finding My Virginity is the sequel to Richard's original autobiography, Losing My Virginity. In the new book, you'll hear about Richard's rock star life from his decision to start Virgin Galactic to what it was like to meet the Obamas. The unabridged version of the audiobook, read by Steve West, is out now. Or, if you'd rather hear it from the beardy one himself, the abridged version, read by Richard, is out later this year. They'll both be available from Audible. Back to the podcast. I really liked the interview that you did with a FTSE 100 board director who said that, you know, he'd always been inspired by the idea of kind of achieving great success and basically a big pile of money But when he got there, he kind of thought, is this it? Yeah, yeah. Tell us a bit more about why those things actually proved to be a bit of a disappointment.
1: Yeah, great. This is a huge, important uh, area. So the guy's Martin George. Absolutely super bloke. And um, he has become very senior in corporate life. And as you say, he was motivated very much by the kind of status symbols and some of the sort of financial returns and so on. As I believe many people are, you know, we, we're, we're all human. There's, there's that in all of us to some extent. But the trouble is when you actually achieve those things, they're not as rewarding as you think they're gonna be, they're often not anyway. And he found that so much more of the real lift in spirits he gets is through his connections with people, uh, the kind of spirit that comes in a, 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 through um, meeting people, being generous, kind, um, addressing challenges together with a group of people and a team, and stuff like that—that's what what really floats his boat. What he says is interesting because he says it's very easy for me to say, "No, I've got there." Uh, that it's not all about the money. And if you're a young guy, you know, going to business, well, it's all very well for him to say that because he's got the money.
0: Yeah, of course. So it's
1: very, it's fine for him to say that. He recognises that. But I do think there's something about getting the balance right and finding stuff that we. Um, find rewarding beyond just the materialistic uh, the mat- materialistic aspects of life
0: you talk about extrinsic and intrinsic motivations Yeah, that's right so explain what those are
1: yeah so we're motivated in a couple of broad ways Ex- as you say extrinsic motivations is when we're trying to do something because it's going to get us something so for example you know I'll do this job because it means I'm going to get a great big fat salary That's an extrinsic motivation. I will do that job if anyone (laughs) has it. An intrinsic motivation, on the other hand, is because you're going to do this job because I fundamentally love doing this job and I enjoy the work, and every day I'm going to go in and I'm going to be uh, engaged in it. That's going to be great fun. And inspiration tends to come more from intrinsic motivation when we do things for their own sake than for doing them because they're going to get the payoff uh, in some way. And so that's why, that helps explain why for Martin, when he was doing the job for extrinsic benefits, when he got the benefits, they weren't really rewarding him in quite the way he'd expected. And it was more intrinsic stuff, the enjoyment of the job itself that was giving him the real reward.
0: I guess part of it is that, you know, you you get to the top and you're getting all these great things, you're getting money, you've got status, but... The amount of time that you have to enjoy those things is quite limited because you're spending all your time working.
1: But I, but I think also there's just something, it's slightly hollow. You know, it, it's not as enjoyable as you think it's going to be. It's not as rewarding as you think it's going to be. So um, I think he, he brings some really interesting perspective on it. The other person who's, who's written loads about this, some people have, may have heard about Arianna Huffington, who, who created mm. the Huffington Post. Yeah. She's big on this now. She's got this whole um, initiative called Thrive, she wrote about her experience of exactly the same thing. Uh, she, As you just described, she was just too busy, overworked, just caught up on the treadmill. Yeah. And losing perspective on what matters in life.
0: Sad billionaire. A sad
1: billionaire. <laughs> it's really hard when you're a billionaire.
0: Whereas I would say that Donald Trump, to bring him up for the second time this podcast, yes. um, is still motivated by success and status. Yeah. Or perhaps he isn't. Perhaps he's finding out that...
1: Is he really happy? Yeah. (laughs) Will we ever know? Twitter
0: suggests. (laughs) He seems pretty angry at the moment. (laughs) 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 Okay. Um, So you had a lot of examples of different leaders. You had like a policeman. You had um, your FTSE 100 director. What qualities did you find they shared? Or their
1: moments of inspiration? I'll tell you what was really interesting. Was I went to see all these people and I wanted to find out what inspired them and almost without exception when i turned up to discuss inspiration with them they genuinely they weren't just putting it on they genuinely genuinely i don't know why you come to talk to me about inspiration because <laughs> they don't like to think of themselves as inspiring <laughs> they're generally mostly quite really quite humble people and it was only when they realized it was about them and their inspiration that they sort of really began to relax and open up so that that was interesting um I found a lot of them had made initially wrong steps in their career or or mistakes in their career, things that hadn't made them happy to begin with. That was interesting. A lot of them have had to deal with quite difficult things in their lives, you know, um, bereavements and uh, problems like that. A lot of of the time, actually, they got a lot of inspiration from that, interestingly. they got a lot of um, energy from that.
0: So if you're feeling uninspired, just go and get some misery.
1: Indeed. And and find within that misery the uh, the opportunity to... uh, Turn it into to give it some meaning actually by turning it into something a bit more positive. Okay. Make the most of it.
0: You did an interview with Nihal Kavaratny who said the moment that he became a better leader was when he realised it was more important to be asking the right questions than knowing the answers to everything. Yeah. How do we know we're asking the right questions?
1: Well, yeah, I guess there's some experience in that, isn't it? He he basically used to show up in his first twenty years of his career, just think he had to have all the answers and was t- you know, not only giving the answer to everybody else, but also <laughs> sort of giving people the answers to their own problems <laughs> yeah. and um, I think he, by turning it round and asking the questions, the insightful questions it gives people the opportunity to be master of their own destiny a bit and sort of feel control and uh, sort of, um, uh, some sort of sense of autonomy mm-hmm. over their own agenda and he found that was very powerful but I guess the first 20 years it took him the first 20 years to have the insight to know what kind of questions to ask so uh, yeah, but it's, I think it's an interesting angle, isn't it? Um, thinking about how you, how you, how you go to people with questions rather than yeah. telling them what you think they should be doing.
0: <laughs> it is interesting. It's a, I guess it's how therapists operate.
1: It's exactly that. Exactly reflective
0: that yeah. listening.
1: Yeah, therapists, coaches, that kind of stuff. Draw draw the draw the answers out of people rather than giving the answers. So another thing I love that Nihal said, um, which goes back to the point we said a little minute ago about um challenge mm-hmm. how you build challenge and he said um don't go for the low-hanging fruit and the way he puts it is, is because of the low-hanging fruit for the goats <laughs> <laughs> Which I was a lovely <laughs> go for the high high-hanging fruits and that's all about sort of looking for challenge looking for the big rewards that's what i think people in leadership positions find most rewarding and inspiring
0: talk to me about the inspiration timeline so you talk about purpose, enjoyment, achievement, and illumination. What?
1: Yeah, Well, so, so this was one of my big sort of findings, really, was that I just asked people, what, you know, tell me about times when you felt inspired. And they told me all these sort of examples and stories. And I just began to see this connection between sometimes they talk about I was really inspired when we had this huge achievement, and we'd done this and we'd achieved that, and I felt really fulfilled. But it was all about stuff in the past, and then other times people will talk about, I'm really inspired by what we've got in the future and about the purpose we've got and about what we're trying to set out to do here and the objectives we're working towards. I feel really inspired by that. So I thought, that's interesting. So there's stuff in the future. There's also stuff in the past. That led to a question, well, what about the present then? If there's something about the, the sort of continuum of time here, what happens in the present? And I think... Um, we do feel inspired in the present when we're doing stuff we absolutely love when we're absorbed in it challenged by it it might be in a meeting with someone maybe even in this conversation now it's like
0: i feel inspired
1: i'm feeling inspired too it's brilliant you know there's something buzzing around going on when you're in conversations with people um so i think there's something in those moments where we can feel inspired in the present too fully enjoying what one's doing so there's this timeline happening and there's those three states the future sense of purpose past sense of achievement, the present the sense of enjoyment, but there's one other which is probably the real gold dust of um, uh, inspiration which is I think almost beyond time, and it's when we have a sense of illumination about what's important in life, and it's almost like I, I, when we see things at a higher level that our kind of, lives as a whole, what we want to achieve with them and the kind of values we hold dear, and they're rare, but when they happen they're very powerful.
0: I think the thing that really interests me is how you can communicate your inspiration to those you're working with. Like, mm. how can you get people as enthusiastic about, yeah. in my case, digital publishing yeah. as you know, as you are?
1: Yeah. So, well, I think one of the pitfalls here is if you're genuinely feeling inspired about something, then one of the ways probably not to inspire others is just sort of beam out that inspiration at them. <laughs> because... Uh, They'll say, yeah, Emma's very inspired, but I'm not sure she... i am seeing her sort of disappear over the horizon with that inspiration, and I'm not going with her.
0: Guys, go with
1: me! I'm here, I'm going nowhere. I think, as leaders, we need to learn a lesson from how we get inspired ourselves about how we might inspire other people, and that is about helping them get in touch with what they care about, what they believe in, um, the things that matter for them. Make them more conscious of that, and make them... Uh, better able to sort of connect it into what they're doing with you and for you as a leader and I think part of that therefore is about caring for them as people more really listening to them help supporting them appreciating them and that's what probably will get you know a, a better impact than just being incredibly enthusiastic about the activities one's involved in I think you need a bit of that I'm not saying it's not important but it's balancing it up Centering it around them as much as you center it around your own enthusiasm.
0: I mean, um, that actually. So in the book, there's a good story about Nelson Mandela that yeah. kind of chimes with what you were just saying. Yeah. What is the story?
1: Yeah, I, I, it's one of my favourite stories actually. So, so um, a guy called Niall Fitzgerald um, who used to be my old uh, boss at Unilever when he was chairman at Unilever, and he he during his time at Unilever, worked um, in South Africa and during the apartheid years, and he actually got to know Nelson Mandela, um, to, this, to the extent that when Nelson Mandela had been released from prison, and he was, uh, Niall was back in the UK, um, Nelson Mandela went to his house, so there's not many people can sort of claim to have had Nelson Mandela around for tea, <laughs> <laughs> but you see what happened. So they had a meeting at his house, and um, Niall has got a couple of um, a couple of guys who help him with the gun, and it was all a bit sort of cloaked in secrecy about what was going on because obviously the sort of um, you know from a security point you had to be quite careful. But just before he arrived, he said, "Look, guys, you know we've got Nelson Mandela turning. Up. That's why I've been getting you to cut the grass. You know, <laughs> so uh, if you want to see him, then just come up to the front of the drive here, and I'm sure you, can have, a, you can have a look." And Nelson Mandela arrived, you know, sure enough, in his cavalcade with his security detail and stuff around him, and he was walking up the drive, and he saw these two guys, and he just broke away from the group. And just went and talked to them and asked them if they'd been the ones that had created this beautiful garden. And just thanked them for their wonderful work. And then came back and went on and they went on to do the meeting. And laughs laughs when he t- tells the story because he said, these guys grew 10 feet tall, <laughs> you know, when it happened. But what was interesting is the fact he told me the story. Because even for him, he was a very, very experienced leader, worked at most senior levels in business, United and all, all the rest of it. He said it's just very humbling to see a guy of Nelson Mandela's stature having such generosity and humility of spirit that he would go and pick out these people who were probably the most humble and lowest, you know, in terms of importance, apparently, in the whole sort of scene. But he paid them the attention. And he, and he said for him, it was very inspiring. Because you think, yeah, there's, there's something in me would, would like to be like that. Uh, it sort of brings out the best in you when you see stuff like that happening.
0: No, I mean it was a bit of a habit of his, wasn't it? Yeah, Not yeah, similar. that's right. So he he'd go for the people. Yeah,
1: kind of I think he's again he's very interesting. He he knew how to play his presence, so he would show quite symbolically respect to people who were the lowest apparently of lowest sort of order, um, in a sense that he would then be showing the humility, which would then Change the sort of mood and the tone of the world. everything else that was going on around the place. It was sort of just change, shuffle things up. Very powerful,
0: but quite calculated. Probably,
1: probably, yeah. Probably, probably, yeah. He knew how to play his presence. Yeah. Yeah. Very Interesting. clever.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Um, and you had another really good story about Usain Bolt. Yeah. Who who spoke exclusively to you.
1: Well he didn't unfortunately. I unfortunately I also didn't get to speak to you, so I didn't speak to Nelson Mandela either. But uh, <laughs> Um but uh, no, I got a, a friend of mine, and a colleague um Keris Bright, is uh, works for Virgin and uh, they know Usain through the work they do with him as uh, their um you know the advertising they do with him. So she asked him some questions on my behalf, which was very kind of her. Um he um he basically Talks in such glowing terms about his coach and um, about how you, he he basically says, if you're going to be the best in the world, you've really, really got to work hard. You know, we all just think Lucy Mel just sort of rocks up and runs really quickly, but he really works hard and kills himself in training. And he says, you know, it's very difficult to do that every day. You've got to have someone who's really inspiring you on. And that's what he saw his coach doing. And it goes back to what we were just saying just now. He talks about the relationship he has with his coach, about how caring he is for him, um, how much he's sort of in his corner, you know, trying to sort of bring out the best in him. He he believes in him. And that's what people find inspiring. So if we can show that to the people that work for us, if we can show we believe in them, we care for them, we want them to succeed, we're going to try and help them succeed, we're going to try and bring out the best in them. And that's incredibly inspiring for people. that You care for them in that way. That's what Usain Bolt was uh, getting across to me and that fit through that interview very interesting so i
0: guess from a leadership point of view you you kind of have to look at your team and think do i do i believe in them yeah and if you don't then why are they there yeah
1: yeah Yeah. do you believe in them can you you look for the strengths in them look for the strengths in them think about them. I, i also think as well um there's a risk in business that you know we've got a job to be done and we look at the people as resources human resources and uh If they're not doing a great job, then we treat them as sort of, um, you know, basically with a lack of respect sometimes. And if we broaden out perspective and see them as human beings who have a life well beyond the work they're doing for us and engage with them at that level, and it may be that they're not in the right place, it may be they're not well-equipped to do the job, but their connection with you will be so much stronger if they know that you have respect for them and care for them as a human level beyond just can you do the job well enough. And that's that's the level which I think, if you can get to that level, it takes a quite a bit of um, generosity of spirit, I think, at times. But if we can get to that level, and that's the kind of thing that I think the people around us feel very inspired by.
0: Okay. I'm going to think about that. So just before we wrap up, what is the name of the book, where can we buy it, and how much is it?
1: Yeah, fantastic. Gold. Um, so the, the name of the book is The Inspired Leader. It's not about, or most of it is not about how you inspire other people. It's mainly about how you inspire yourself. Um, it's going to be available. It's published by Bloomsbury. Um, it'll be available through all good bookstores, obviously on Amazon, and all the rest of it. Um, the price is a good question. I can't remember, okay, <laughs> but I will fine. know it by the time it comes out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, For a cheaper, Andy.
1: cheaper, whatever price it is.
0: It's been a real pleasure having you. Great.
1: Great. Thank you very much.
0: Well, that's all for this week. Follow us on Twitter at UnregulatedPod and tell us about what inspires you. If you're enjoying this series of the podcast, let us know. You can like and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Audio Boom, or wherever else you listen. And if you're feeling inspired, even leave a little review on iTunes. With thanks to Claire Urban, who was producing this week, and Huckletree and White City Place, this has been the Unregulated Podcast.